Scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 9 through 16. Hear these words of Scripture. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Barb. Today is the last week of our worship series, I've Been Meaning to Ask. The intention of this series was to help us begin to get to know one another again, or for the first time, because this past year and a half has changed us in a variety of ways. We have grown and learned, we've experienced hardship, and we've been pushed beyond our comfort zones in ways that we never have been before. And as a community of, of faith, we have also changed. In some ways, we've grown closer to one another. But then in other ways, we have grown farther apart. We've lost some people from our church family, and we've also gained others. Suffice it to say, we are different now. And instead of assuming things about someone else, this series has given us questions to encourage courageous conversations. And this final question of, will you go with me? It isn't meant to be the end of the journey of questioning and wondering. Instead, it's intended to create an openness to explore together what is next and to discern how we are to move forward together into something new. While stepping into this next chapter, we need to continue to cultivate curiosity, to ask questions of one another and of ourselves, and to have those courageous conversations in order to care for one another and care with one another. Let's pray. O oh Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts is pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Campfires are magical places for me because it's around a campfire that I am able to relax and quiet my mind and think about things on a deeper level. And it's around a campfire that I learned that my husband, Russ, and I are very different people. 
particularly when it comes to rules. I believe that rules are meant to be followed. They are a way of understanding expectations of the world, and they keep us safe, and they help us to live with one another well. Russ, on the other hand, believes that rules are meant to be broken. He sees them as a challenge, questioning their purpose and wondering and often discovering what would happen if I broke this rule? Now, the early Jewish people, they were more like me than like Russ. They were rule followers. They abided by spiritual and ritualistic laws that were established by God to set apart the people of God. These rules were meant to create space and a rhythm around work and worship and daily living, and they were woven into the lives of the people so that they could fully focus their lives on God. In today's scripture, we encounter Peter, and Peter is a devout Jew, and so he was a rule follower. He knew the Mosaic laws, the rules around what foods the Jewish people were to eat, particularly what meat was clean and what was unclean, and what it meant and what it meant for Jewish people to eat and what they weren't allowed to eat. And as a rule follower, I can only imagine Peter's reaction to the vision that he had in today's scripture that Barb read for us. It was the vision of this sheet that was filled with every sort of creature the clean ones and the unclean ones alike. And then God told Peter to kill and eat even whatever he wanted, even these unclean things. And Peter's horrified response to God makes sense to me. He said to God, surely not, Lord. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. But then we see that God speaks to Peter a second time and says, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this happens three times. And then the sheet is taken back into heaven. Now, three in scripture is an important number, and it means wholeness or completeness. So it's like God is saying here, okay, we're done with this conversation. This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it is now. We're done talking about it. And right after Peter has this vision, several men arrive at his home. Now, there's a prelude to this part of Scripture, um, but I didn't have Barb read the whole thing because it's like, I don't know, 40 verses long, and that's a very long time to listen. So before Peter has his vision, we see that Cornelius has his own vision. And Cornelius is a man who is a good and a trusted officer of the Roman army. He had the respect of not only his Roman peers, but also the Jewish community, because he was this devout man of prayer. He sought after God, and he was generous with his money. He had a great reverence for the Jewish people and their traditions as well. And he was eager to not follow the Roman gods, but the one that he believed to be the one true God, 
the God of the Jewish people, the God that we know and love. And so in this vision, God comes to Cornelius and says, go send men to Peter and have him come so you can hear what Peter has to say. And so that's what Cornelius does. And so we see these men coming to Peter and they ask him to come to see Cornelius and to see his whole family and his relatives and all of his friends. And Peter goes with these men. And when he arrives at Cornelius' house, he's greeted at this large gathering of all of these relatives, all of these close friends, all gathered there to learn what Peter has to say to them. And the first thing, one of the first things that Peter says is, you are well aware that it is against our Jewish law for a Jew to associate or to visit a Gentile. Now that to me sounds like a very off-putting and strange introduction. But then Peter goes on to say, but God has shown me that I shouldn't call anyone impure or unclean. So when I, I was sent for, Peter says, I came without raising any objection. And I now realize how true it is that God doesn't show favoritism, but God accepts from every nation the ones who fear him and does what is right. So he sees here, Peter realizes that his vision is not just about a bunch of animals in a sheet and what he's allowed to eat and not allowed to eat. It's not just about food, but it's about people. It's about the world and how we are to live as God's people. So how can we make sense of this complete U-turn that Peter has? He lived these these monastic rules, or the, these, mo I knew I was going to say it wrong, these mosaic rules his whole life long, and now he changes the way he reacts to the Gentiles. He does that because of this vision, and this vision that helps him to see that, that rule followers, that we as rule followers must participate in the spiritual practice of worshiping the one who makes the rules and not the rules themselves. It's good to be at least a little like Russ, to wonder what is the purpose behind this rule? Why do we have it? What's the reasoning behind it? And we can see this even in Jesus's life. He was known, Jesus was known to take the rules and to redefine what they meant and what it meant to embody those rules. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. He dined with tax collectors and prostitutes. He called people to stop hiding in trees and told people to stand up, stand up tall, because there was no one to throw stones at them any longer. Now, in church, we don't necessarily concern ourselves with these food laws that are in the Hebrew Bible, or many other of the laws that are fine there. But we do have our own rules. Some of them are written, and some of them are unwritten. And these rules are about who is to be part of the church and who is not to be a part. And mostly these rules have to do with 
how long someone has been around, or what classes they've taken. Have they ta taken the oath of membership? Or what have they volunteered with? Or how much have they given? And then if we're new, we might not feel that we've done enough, that we've done the right things or been around long enough. We might not feel like we're allowed to do something. And when people, when we stand up here and we invite you to volunteer, new people might not feel like, well, that doesn't include me, not yet. But we see in the scripture that all of the barriers, even this, this new and this old, all of those different groups that we try to put ourselves in, those don't exist in God's world. Those don't exist in God's church because God's, Christ's ministry of inclusion breaks down all of those barriers and draws the circle wider and wider and wider. Even Peter, who was a first-hand witness to Jesus' ministry needed a reminder of this. So it's not surprising that we also need a reminder that all are welcome, that all are invited to be a part of the life and the ministry of this church. Barb joined, what, you joined last year. And um, during the pandemic, she was one of the, the steadfast few that, that joined during the pandemic. They joined the ministry of the church and, and joined in full membership. And here she is, and she's serving, and it's wonderful to have new people, quote-unquote, and old people, quote-unquote, alike. Because we've come back from this pandemic a changed church. We've grown closer in some ways, we've grown farther apart in others. But what we know is that we need everyone and we need to connect with one another. If we've learned anything through this pandemic, it's that we miss one another and we love to be united with one another and have those connections. So how do we move into the future as Brexville United Methodist Church? That's the big question. Here we are, looking into the future. How do we move there? Well, we go together. We look at the person next to us, and we say, will you go with me? It doesn't matter if you know that person really well, and you've sat next to them for years and years and years, or they're a brand new face this morning. We go together. Because we need those who have been around for decades, those who have the church in their bones and know the history and what makes this church unique. And we also need those who are newer to the church, newer to following Jesus, that enthusiasm that new Christians have, and also the fresh eyes that new people bring. When Peter and Cornelius, when they met face to face, Peter said to Cornelius, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. And they have a courageous conversation and their narrow perceptions of one another, of those groups that they put themselves in, of Jew and Gentile, those groups expand. 
And that's what we have the opportunity to do here, now, and in the days, and in the weeks, and the years to come. The Spirit is with us, uniting us together so that we can love one another and encourage one another and create safe spaces to grow with God and one another. I am so grateful for God's wide mercy, that there is hope for us as faithful rule followers and hope for those of us who question and wonder and think, how far can I push this? We need all of us because God will continue to grow and push the, and draw the circle wider to include everyone to receive God's message of grace and justice and love. I am so grateful that we are able to come together in new ways to proclaim this life-saving and world-changing and transformative message that Christ has given us to love all people, even if and no matter what. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to prepare your hearts for prayer. And if you're online, please um, share in the comments any prayer concerns or joys you have. And here in, um, in-house, if you have any prayers, please feel free to um, turn in some blue prayer cards still. Let us sing together. Just how beautiful you are.
few prayers that came um, online and one is from Dina prayers of celebration for Jenny and George who are celebrating their anniversary and travel mercies for them and for Aaron and then Jan asks for prayers for the family of an old friend Hope whose husband was recently diagnosed with ALS prayers for strength and for God's grace for them yes and then I also want to ask for prayers for those who are affected or, and still affected by the fires that are occurring out west. And then on the other side of the spectrum, the massive flooding that is happening in Germany and, and around Europe and even here. Um, and I also want to have a prayer of praise for birthdays. There's, it seems like there's lots of birthdays happening. We have Camille, who turned seven. Um, Russ turned 40 this past week. And I, ooh, I know. <laughs> and as well as um, I know of some other birthdays that are coming up as well. Oh, oh, oh. I, I, there's also another birthday in that pew, but I won't recognize them by name because they don't want to be looked at. And then Jen asked for prayers um, for healing for Carla and John for cancer and for consolation and hope for Tina and Patsy and their families and the passing of their moms. And also for each of us to continue on our faith journeys together and to serve all. And she says, I love you guys. We love you too, Jen. We know that God listens to our prayers, our joys, our concerns, and we can go to God with absolutely anything. So let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of conversation, we are here and we are trying to be courageous and curious, to build connections in this lonely and often isolated world. We yearn to be closer to your promised day, 
where all are fed, prisoners are freed, homeless are housed, and every person in this world knows their invaluable worth. But God, we know that we can't get there to your promised day without honest and vulnerable conversation. But we don't always know what to ask. And we fear saying the wrong thing or offending someone, so we stay quiet, hoping that answers will come, but they don't always. And so today we ask for your words. We pray that you might plant questions in us that, like seeds, grow into a garden of connection. And that you might plant affirmation in us that, like laughter, is contagious and mood-changing. And plant curiosity in us that, like rain, washes away any judgment we carry, replacing it with a desire to understand. And when we have your words in our mouth and your mind in our hearts, then God, teach us how to listen to one another, to the message under the words, the grief, the hurt, the fear, the shame that hangs under sentences like bats under a bridge. And Lord, teach us how to listen to voices that differ from us, different opinions, different histories, and different perspectives so that we might move through the disagreement and ultimately find you uniting us. God, draw near to us. Teach us how to speak. Teach us how to listen. And teach us how to find you in the spaces between our words and the spaces between our ears. God, we pray all of these things in the powerful and the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we go from this time together, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Have a great week. God, we gather as your people to raise our song above, and we dare to claim the promise of your love. Though the day may not yet be here, we trust it soon will be when your children will be free. Oh, may our hearts and minds be open, fling the church doors open wide. May there be room enough for everyone inside. For in God there is a welcome, in God we all belong. May that welcome 
Yeah, I'm actually, I have a new church that I'll start uh, mid-August. Yeah, 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 down in Columbus, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to try to visit it when I can. Of course, it'll be hard 